0: Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your word. And now would you open it to our minds that we may hear you speaking and understand in order to be obedient to it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our reading, which was from the message translation, began with these thoughts. Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does give yourselves to the gifts of God gives to you. Every believer in Christ uh, has life because of Christ. Without Him, we would not have true life. And Paul is saying to the Corinthians, in effect, want more, want a life that makes a difference, a life that uh, is a blessing to others, and want those gifts that will bless others and make a difference in this world. The NIV puts this first verse. In this way, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. In Christ Jesus, through understanding his life, we come to know what the way of love is. That's what Paul is calling our life, the way of love. And the way that says to God, not my will, but yours be done. The way of submission to ourselves and a rejection of our own selfish ways. It's living a Christ-centred life, not a self-centred life. The way of life that will accept suffering, even embrace it, for that's what we see in the obedient life of Christ. And this life of love is the foundation for a life in Christ. Following it really does confess that our life depends on Jesus, if we're prepared to go that way. The golden law that Jesus gave was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. We've referred to that earlier in our uh, words we've shared. And that is what we are called to do. And Paul is calling the Corinthian believers to do. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Paul writes to a congregation in Corinth full of alternative ways of life and worship uh, to a congregation that come from pagan backgrounds worshipping probably false idols uh, and they had come into the newness of christ and they were quite a mixed up bunch they weren't quite sure what they should do in their new way of life because this christianity thing was all very new and these people lived in a city that loved innovation and loved flamboyant lifestyles and loved to be the center attention and so the Christians were having difficulty discerning what it was to live a Christian life what of their culture they could take into their faith and what needed to be jettisoned and Paul shows them that much of what they were doing needed to change that Christ rejected the ways of the world in order to follow the, uh, the will of his father And in a sense, Paul shows these Corinthian believers that Christianity flies in the face of the world and turns them all upside down. They would have to become like children to enter and to grasp saying. To these new believers, you've got to get a new way of thinking. And in this chapter that we've read, Paul uh, debates the whys and wherefores of speaking in tongues and speaking prophetic words. And it's an analogy, a, a, a principle that applies to the whole of Christian life, as I think we'll see. Now the message translation uh, refers to these two things as speaking in a private prayer language and proclaiming the truth in everyday speech. Two different sorts of gifts. And Paul is going to compare and contrast these two gifts and what they stand for and help these Um, Corinthian believers understand what the situation is. So the first of these things is the private prayer language or or speaking in tongues, as it says in the NIV. It's a phenomenon, it's a gift of God where a person uh, speaks in a language not their own, maybe in an earthly language, but sometimes a heavenly language. And the speaker might not understand what they're saying. But sometimes another Christian may come along and say and explain or uh, sort of interpret what they say. So they may be speaking Portuguese or Romanian and someone else can understand that. Now why would that happen? If we look at Acts chapter 2 we see that people gathered in Jerusalem and the apostles were there and the Holy Spirit came down and these apostles started speaking in tongues. And everyone there understood what was being said because they heard the gospel in their own language. And so that was a practical reason for people speaking (coughs) in tongues. It was a communication thing on those occasions, but not always. Sometimes a person may speak in tongues or this private prayer language in a language that isn't human. It may be heavenly language. And that's the spirit bypassing the brain and talking direct to God. And Paul writes this, if you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, 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 uh, God understands you but no one else does, for you are sharing intimacy just between you and him. This is a heavenly language, and your soul is communicating with God, and God understands what you are saying. These intimacies are probably words of praise or prayer. I don't know if you've ever had that situation where you don't know what to pray. You know you should pray, but you're not quite sure what words to use. You're not quite sure maybe what you're feeling and how you should pray. Words, uh, speaking in tongues can be of benefit at these times. And this is surely what Paul is talking about and thinking about when he writes to the Romans. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself interceded for us with groans that words cannot express. So there is value in praying in tongues or speaking in tongues, and Paul never denies that. Indeed, he says a bit later, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now, we don't want to get into a competition of who speaks in tongues most here, but it's to say it's a valuable and precious gift. And yet, speaking in tongues is not purely a Christian experience. In Corinth, there would have been other places of worship to false idols where very likely people would be speaking in tongues or ecstatic language. And so let's not think this only comes to us through Christ. It comes to the believer through the Holy Spirit, but it comes to other people who are not worshippers of Jesus. Therefore, it must come through another spirit. What is that? It's an evil spirit, isn't it? So, clearly, we can't say this is purely a Christian thing. So, we can, can know that speaking in tongues is a good thing when it comes from God, that others may understand it around us, that it can be interpreted, therefore but it may be a heavenly language that our soul is speaking to God. And if you've ever wanted to speak or sing or pray in tongues, that's a good thing, and don't give up on that hope. And if you've never spoken in tongues, don't worry, says Paul. Uh, Actually, he says, want more. Want more than just speaking in tongues, because although speaking in tongues might look and sound quite exotic and flashy, speaking intelligible words that can change lives, That's a really valuable gift because it builds up the church. And so having thought about these speaking in tongues, then Paul goes on to, about prophetic words, or as the message says, proclaiming the truth in everyday speech. Prophetic words are when God chooses to speak through us to those around us. And he usually speaks in the language or uses the language that we speak, and so God may use any one of us uh, to speak something he wants to say or to draw attention to something he wants to say. It may be that God gives you a verse or someone in the Corinthian congregation, a verse of scripture that they were to speak out. And God can use that in a very special way. Maybe God gives a picture or an image like the potter and God wants us to, to share that so that others may hear what he has to say. Paul says that these words of prophecy or proclamations of truth are far more valuable than someone speaking in tongues. Because if no one translates what is spoken in tongues, who's going to know what was said? And if it's just heavenly language, ecstatic language, then it's just between the individual and God. But <coughs> prophetic words bless lots of people. He says that's far better. A, 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 a gift that blesses other people around. And that brings Paul to his concluding statement uh, when he says, since you're so eager to participate in what God is doing, why don't you concentrate on doing what helps everyone in the church? And so he's taken speaking in tongues and he's taken prophetic utterances and he says, you know, actually, prophetic utterances are better because they bless other people. And that principle applies Long for those gifts that will bless other people. We have a fantastic congregation here at Kilmington Baptist Church and it's been a source of the gospel for 350 years, a witness to Christ in this area. And we've been able to remain a church that remains Bible-based and Christ-centred. And we seek to follow him in all that we do. We seek to know Jesus and make him known, to serve him in our community and to bring worship and fellowship and discipleship and ministry and mission in Jesus' name. And we can either excel in gifts that build us up or we can aim for the gifts that will build others up and build the church. And there's a verse that uh, is very interesting when Paul says everyone who prophesies speaks to others for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. A gift that can do that is a valuable gift. A gift that can strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And so when Paul is saying aim for spiritual gifts that build up the church, that is what he means. Have you got a gift? I know you have. Have you got a gift that could strengthen others? That could be for the upbuilding of their faith, a word of encouragement, a sharing of something that you have learned from scripture or from life. Have you got a gift of of coming alongside people, listening to them, and then strengthening their faith to others? That is a valuable gift. Excel in that gift of encouragement in lifting people up when they 're fallen, in encouraging people when they 're sick and saying it's not all uh, lost. And in coming alongside people and showing them the light of Christ in the darkness of their situation, that's a valuable gift. And then comfort. Who knows how many of you have that gift of comfort? I know a lot of you do. Comforting those who've been through difficult times because you can say, I've been there and I've experienced those things. Comforting those who are in the midst of uh, loss, when they've lost their loved one, and you come alongside them and you comfort them. Comforting them when they're going through dark, dark days, and you come alongside with a meal, or with a visit, or a phone call, or a letter, or something, and you comfort them. That's a gift to excel in. I think that's a key phrase. Strengthening, encouraging and comforting others. That's a valuable gift. And that is what Paul wants to encourage the Corinthian believers to do. Not flashy, not exciting necessarily, but persistent and faithful and obedient to Christ. Strengthening, comforting and encouraging. And so we come to the, the verse for, for the year. Try to excel in gifts that build up the church. That's the sort of gifts I think we should be focusing on. All gifts from God are good. He tells us all good gifts come, that the good come from God. And, and so we know that that's a blessing. But some things bless us and some things bless us, others. And Paul is saying, excel in those gifts that bless others that build up the church that strengthen, that comfort, that encourage and I think that is a, is a fantastic challenge for us all in this coming year to see how we can discover our gifts, some of us are unaware of the gifts that we have therefore we need to first discover them and explore what they are Other of us, others of us have gifts but we're reluctant to use them And we hold back and we think, oh well, someone else might be able to do that. Don't hold back. Be led of the Lord to use the gifts that you have. Others still have gifts and you may be focusing on the wrong ones. But focus on the ones that build up the church, that strengthen, that comfort, that encourage. Let's all try to excel in the gifts that build up the church through the coming year. Because when we do we'll see exciting things happening in our midst and people will notice and people will see the Lord is surely amongst them and the Lord uh, is at work in their lives and maybe he could be at work in my life too. And people will come amongst us and say, see how they love the Lord. And people will know Jesus through the way we love one another. Because By the way we love one another, they shall know the Lord. And so that's why I just want to say want more. Want more for this year. Want more for yourselves. Want more of God's blessing you and using you to bless others. Let's take that verse to our hearts this year and see if we can't grow in the gifts of God that bless others. May he grant us the ability to do that. In Jesus' name. Amen.